0: Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by my fellow friar, Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. Let's begin with a prayer to Our Lady. Hail Mary, full Full of grace, the Lord is with with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb,
1: Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now Now and at the hour hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen.
0: In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our topic today uh, is a topic very dear to the hearts of every Dominican: bad preaching. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, good preaching. And good then preaching. Well, how how to avoid it, yeah. bad preaching? That's right.
0: Yeah, how to how to re- how to cure? Uh, how to amend bad preaching? Mm-hmm. Um, Father Hayes uh, has a book that he's he just well. Did, I've been reading it. You know, reading. it's
1: it's uh, by Father Joshua Whitfield. The crisis of Bre- bad preaching. And he talks about he's a former um he's a former Protestant uh who has come into the church mm-hmm. and got trained you know in uh the the you know uh in his seminary, but with uh, a little more formal rhetoric at any rate he comes in and he sees that there's sort of a crisis of preaching in the world generally he's not just talking exclusively about uh Catholic preaching mm-hmm. but he is talking about he's interested in the situation of preaching in the church mm-hmm. and this is um I think most people would uh, would agree that uh, we can all use some tuning up on this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that uh, the, the, I mean, the preacher, frankly, in the present age, the, the one who stands in the pulpit, I'm sw- talking especially about sacred preaching. Right. Okay, I'm talking about – At Mass. At Mass, the Sunday homily. Uh, also, when, if you're preaching at another time from the pulpit, but the sacred pre- preaching especially, which is entrusted to the bishops and the priests and the deacons. Mm-hmm. That this is uh, sometimes under great duress. You know, I have a, on my on my bookshelf, I had a little book published about um, 1905 called The Young Priest's Keepsake. And it's mm-hmm. one of these books that some crusty old priest writes uh, about, you know, what the young priest really needs to know about when he gets into the parish, mm-hmm. you know. And there's some advice on preaching. And one memorable piece of it is because people will not stand—now, this is 1905—will not stand the— Uh, the sermons of two and three hours of the former generations, Uh, then he advises them to keep the sermon short that is not over 30 minutes. (laughs) So now we're to the point now where we're talking about nine-minute sermons or seven-minute sermons as a norm Mm, on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of this is attention span. You know, I mean, there is that in the 19th century, for instance, you know, when people got together for something, they were willing to listen to longer things, provided that they weren't entertaining. Right. Because this is not a case of, um, you know, this is, this is not a time when we have radio or television or the, uh, the, the, the cell phone, which gives you all kinds of things coming through on it. Uh, but in those days, for instance, it was actually, uh, there's a story about Teddy Roosevelt, you know, who was preaching back then, or talking back then, and there was a, he gave a three-minute talk once, which was particularly appreciated by one of the news reporters, and he, he said, Mr. President, you know, it was an excellent excellent talk. He said, how long did it take you to put together? I was th- that three minutes, and he said, well, it took me about three hours to do that. Oh, my heavens, said the reporter. If it took you, uh, if you took it three hours for three minutes, what happens if you, if you have to speak for three hours, as was done? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, he says, actually, I'm ready now. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, if you have the more you know time, you can right. afford to be entertaining, afford to take side roads. The thing about I found, and I'm sure this is your experience, is when you get into the pulpit on a Sunday, if you've got this limited amount of time, you have to be well-prepared, you have to come to the point clearly, mm-hmm. and you have to present it in such a way that people can take the sermon home. Right, right. One of the best... Uh, One of the best pieces of advice I ever got from uh, a homiletics instructor was our famous Father Val Lafrance, right? Yep. the uh, The mission preacher who was actually teaching homiletics by the time I went through the house of studies in the long ago. But he said to me, he says, um, he says, you know, one of the things about your your talking, I was a student preacher, is that it it can get a little, you know, complicated. And I agree. I mean, in those days, I. I, th- I thought I sounded like an encyclopedia article when I got into the pulpit. Mm-hmm. But he says, you know, a better thing to remember is that if you can't remember your sermon when you go into the pulpit, and you've worked on it, and you've really put hours into it, how are the people supposed to remember it right. when they leave? Right. I mean, if they can't remember what you were talking about, if it's so complicated that you can't do it in the time allotted, then... Um they're not gonna go home with anything mm-hmm. so one thing as I said, is you know you have to sort of make the sermon stick right, and that means focusing and it means everything serves a purpose mm-hmm. you know I, I i don't know what your experience is on these things,
0: yes, uh, it's very um easy to to get into too much detail to try to put too many things in mm-hmm. to a short amount of time, especially if I'm sitting in front of a a screen typing it you know you don't want to cut stuff out you know this is something good i want to put this in here but if you tried it when you put it all together it's just too complicated you know it's it may be something you could read but it's not something you would remember if you heard it because I in one of my preaching classes they told us you know it's your it's a different kind of writing writing for Mm -hmm. oral communication than writing for communication you know, that's going to be written. Mm-hmm. In a written communication, people can go back and look over a word right. they didn't understand and exactly. review something. You can't do that. You have no idea what's coming next, and and, you, and, and that and that fills up what just went before. You know, so it has to be memorable and, and just simple, at least have one point um, that, that can be remembered.
1: And um, in addition to that, I think when we're talking about sacred preaching, we're talking about a task which— um, You might have other kinds of predication in the church you know other kinds of of preaching i mean there's for instance there's moral instruction you know Mm -hmm. the or the witness talk right you know this is my experience with uh but with sacred preaching i think you're very much um you're talking about letting christ show himself and speak to his people Mm -hmm. from his own heart in the pulpit the way that he is going to feed his people with his own flesh And blood and soul and divinity in the holy eucharist Mm -hmm. but there is i mean if this is the one thing that is different about sacred preaching it's an exercise of holy orders Mm -hmm. and this is why it's restricted to the ordained Mm -hmm. so i and i think that is the the specific note now there's lots of other preaching circumstances than that including stuff i i would do on a regular basis in a parish mission Mm -hmm. but um as i said there's moral exhortation do good avoid evil you know mm-hmm. the franciscans were permitted that there is from the beginning there was doctrinal doctrinal instruction you know for which you needed you know to have a training in theology and so forth so in the middle mm-hmm. ages and dominic's time originally that was restricted to bishops and those preachers specially licensed by them before mm-hmm. the dominicans and right. the other mendicants got into the game mm-hmm. um, but as i said with this particular matter we're talking about revealing Revealing Christ, letting Him speak through us,
0: right. And, and, and one thing in that book, which mm-hmm. I think, and the early in the book, it speaks about the heart of the preacher, right. You know, and and we have to preach from a heart that's caught fire from from Christ Himself, mm-hmm. from the heart of Christ, um, uh, and that's and that that's where it has to start. You know, mm-hmm. if uh, if preaching is not from the heart, um, it's going to be difficult to make it convincing. Right. Um I, I'll I'll never forget when I was at the House of Studies, one of our Dominicans was from Vietnam, uh, he came over as uh when he was already an adult. He had actually tried to um be formed as a seminarian in Vietnam in a time when that was illegal. Right. So he was in an underground seminary, uh, but he was found and arrested and put into prison. Um and his his mother came and it was the common practice to bribe the guards to be able to see a family member mm-hmm. so she paid the bribe but then they took the bribe and turned around to put her right into the same prison you know mm-hmm. with her son right um but eventually he got out he was released he eventually escaped and came to Houston Texas and mm-hmm. um, brought over many members of his family just by starting a very small business mm-hmm. you know and and making some money and bringing them over and finally he went back and became a Dominican priest mm-hmm. and and even though his his preaching was son is a little difficult to understand because he hadn't started learning English English until he was already older than most people do. It was a tremendous power to his preaching because you knew that this is someone who had suffered Mm -hmm. for, for what he believed, who, who was willing to go to prison, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to be formed as a priest of Jesus Christ, you know, and even after he was was got his freedom. Mm-hmm. He still devoted years to try to bring as many family members over as he could to protect them before he went on right. to pursue his his dream. So, mm-hmm. I, 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 his homilies were. All, now he was very educated too. He re, he was right. really good at scripture. He mm-hmm. took some very difficult classes in scripture across the street at Catholic University. Mm-hmm. But but I think it was it was from the heart, and that's something that we're preaching us to start. It starts usually in prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I try to. I try to make part of my prayer time, maybe mm-hmm. not my whole prayer time, but my prayer time just to, to try to, if I can, reflect on the readings that right. are coming that you're up, preach, right. reflect on that, allow Christ,
1: you know. It really is a matter of grace to start. And mm-hmm. I think even the grace to pray for, the grace of preaching is, of course, that all all initiative begins with the Holy Spirit that way. Mm-hmm. St. Gregory um, the Great talks about preaching too is a double gift. I mean, we've been sort of emphasizing the grace that we need for the preacher, but the congregation needs to pray for for Mm -hmm. grace as well. You know, St. Gregory Mm -hmm. says that preaching, sacred preaching, requires a a twofold grace. One, a grace for the preacher that he may speak well and accurately of uh, our blessed Lord and truly, you know, and and from the heart and all these things. But the second grace is that the congregation has to be open to the grace of mm. listening to the Word of God, mm-hmm. that there has to be a grace that prepares the souls to hear the Word of God. I'm not sure, when I was a kid, I went to church every uh, every Sunday expecting to hear a word from God in the sermon. Mm. Right. Now that's my, I'm on me, and I'm I'm pointing fingers only at myself, but you know to anybody who's listening, your mileage may vary. But uh, <laughs> as I said, that you might ask yourself when you're coming to mass, do you expect to hear a word from God? Maybe one. Some someday it'll change your life, right? You know, you think of Anthony in the desert or Saint Francis who come to church and hear the word of God as it's if it's directed directly to them, mm-hmm. and Simply go live it, right. and the world has changed. You know, you get the whole Franciscan movement, you get the monastic movement, and all the religious shape of or religious orders right. from Anthony. Anthony's experience of hearing the gospel once and then simply putting it into practice.
0: Right, right. I often encourage people, um, a way to do that is, is when you come to Mass, if you can come a little early, just, mm-hmm. just say a prayer. You know, Lord, I know there's at least one thing you want me to hear mm-hmm. in this Mass, You know, out of the many words that I'll hear in this Mass, give me one word, one verse, one message to take home Mm -hmm. with me. You know, and then after Mass, if you can stay a little extra time, um, ask him, Lord, what was that word that you told me? What was that one verse or that one thought Mm -hmm. or or that one inspiration? Help me to remember that. Take it to Mm -hmm. heart and take it home
1: and live it. It helps, of course, if the thought that you're talking about is actually memorable.
0: Right, you know, that's and true. this no, is the problem. True. You know,
1: I, I really, uh, one of the great things about being a Dominican, and not Dominican write any other order or other pattern of life in the church, but is we are we are uh, we are organized around the fact of preaching and its urgency. Mm-hmm. I mean, because mm-hmm. we are talking about something about saving souls, about rescuing people who maybe think they don't need any healing. Right. That's the hardest person to get, I mm-hmm. think the person who doesn't think they need anything. But, you know, the other thing is, you know, it's I it's easy to I think to be so busy about so many things that especially in the diocesan life that uh, you know, it seems that preaching is something that you do in a rushed way and right. and uh maybe not. Now, God can remedy that. I mean, I've been in that situation. I was 30 Something years in in par- parochial life, and sometimes you know, I remember when I was in Kentucky, you know, I'm doing f- five masses on a weekend by myself. You know, that's mm-hmm. a lot of masses yeah. over two days. Right. I, I didn't break any laws, but um, but you know, you do feel rushed sometimes. You know, sometimes the what I thought was a fairly simple sermon is the one the one that the people really wanted to hear. That's the, I mm-hmm. think the double grace. But then sometimes you know, it might not be that. You know, it could be that. You 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 send them away with something they can't remember that's too high for them, or something that didn't catch their imagination, their memory. Right. There's a.
0: You're listening to the Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. I'm joined in the studio by my confrere, Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. We've been discussing. Uh, bad preaching and how to turn that into good preaching and what goes into good preaching. Uh, we spoke a bit about um, the heart of the preacher, how your heart has to catch fire from the heart of Christ, especially in prayer and preparation uh, and now we're also moving on a little bit to talk about the mind, the intellect, um, how we can prepare organize our preaching mm-hmm. uh, in such a way that will that will hopefully have a better chance. Of, of touching the people of God who hopefully themselves are praying um, for the preacher and praying that they might hear the voice of God in, in the sermon or in the homily. Mm-hmm.
1: I do think it's a temptation for the preacher with all the things you have to do is to, you know, simply do the minimum
0: mm-hmm. on the preaching. Sure, I mean, that's sure. a
1: temptation, you know, uh, and it's not just a temptation for the Catholic priest. There's a quote from Mark Twain uh, in The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn where Huck is talking about somebody he knew he was a preacher huck said and never charged nothing for his preaching and it was worth it too <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, but i mean this is a problem our our uh, master former master father timothy radcliffe once asked uh why is it why are most homilies so boring and uh i think it's you know things may be true but they may not catch the imagination mm-hmm. i think this is mm-hmm. why the lord uses the bible the bible is mostly stories mm-hmm. you know there are parts of it you know like leviticus that read like the in, you know like the uh, internal revenue code mm-hmm. you know but there are other <laughs> but even that even leviticus if you play it out if you explain the meaning and the background of the regu- of the priestly regulations or if you unpack them for instance the the notion of uh, sacrifices need to be you know sprinkled with salt salt is a symbol of the covenant between god and his people you know a Mm -hmm. a covenant of salt that cannot be broken you Mm -hmm. know um we might say a covenant in blood which is has much the same meaning Mm -hmm. um and that is of course the covenant that you and i have with jesus christ Mm -hmm. you know a covenant written in the blood of his heart right so the powerful image is useful the story is sticky in the mind you know
0: right and and i think as part of the preparation for preaching um that we do in terms of our mind. It's also, and this is mentioned in that same book, um, that we don't preach as an isolated individual. We preach as part of a community of preachers. Uh, I often tell people that one of my great um, joys as a Dominican is to, is to hear other people preach, hear other priests preach. Um, mm-hmm. uh, just today, I was I was at a funeral mass and mm-hmm. uh, Father Charles preached a beautiful, beautiful homily, you know, at this funeral. Um, Whenever I'm able to hear another homily, it's not something that I would just copy, cut and paste as it were, but it's I mm-hmm. always develop um, inspirations of my own that come from that. Mm-hmm. And so and I think that you know, listening to other people preach, uh, it can't be just literally going to another another mass, you know that's that's mm-hmm. not yours, celebrating a mass, listening to some wonderful recorded, you know, homilies. Mm-hmm. You know, Bishop Fulton Sheen has some great talks that he gave on television and, you know, a lot of recorded talks. There's so many great resources just to listen and not, not to, I mean, I, I always say a good preacher is a good thief. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes you can steal, you can steal some things, mm-hmm. uh, just stories or examples. Um, right. but you can also find that inspiration by, by listening, whether that's reading or, 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 hearing the mass in person, or, mm-hmm. or just you know, or listening to some an audio recording.
1: Cardinal Cajetan says, uh, one point in his writings, that a Dominican who does not study three hours a day is in a state of mortal sin, <laughs> which is extreme language, I think. But well, there is, there is, a, but studiosus, of course, in Latin, just doesn't mean that you hit the book. Studiosus mm-hmm. means to be zealous and eager for for something. Right. And so, uh, especially the word of God you know mm-hmm. but i think also when you have a life like ours where study is encouraged you know where things like as they said Cardinal catch it and keep your, your nose to the grindstone but also picking up as you say the tips barring stories mm-hmm. uh seeing how other people have done it i want to there's a of romans our early master of the order says though a grace of preaching is strictly had by god's gift a sensible preacher, still ought to do what he can to ensure that his preaching is commendable by carefully studying what he has to preach. And mm-hmm. commendable, of course, means not just it's good and proper, but in the sense of it can be, um, it can be used by other people. It's mm-hmm. commendable. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can say, oh, you, you, I heard this great preaching, and this is the, ne- the numb of it. And so the, the moment of grace preaching actually can ripple out into the if into the congregation and right. to people maybe out, outside even the church, if it's commendable, if it is, um, if if it if it's memorable, if it's sticky, if it's good, right. and I think this is what we're all called to to do.
0: Right, um, and it and it's something that that should be well informed intellectually. It's something that should be informed with experience mm-hmm. and maybe with the preaching of others. Uh, I think it also, one thing that, that I know I struggle with is, is to really bring it home to people in a way mm-hmm. that they can concretely engage with in their own lives, in their, right. their own experience. Um, I was early on, shortly after I was ordained in a different parish, um, I was just shopping in a store in regular clothes, mm-hmm. you know, and I heard from around the corner uh, two women who were talking in the store mm-hmm. and they said, oh gosh, I went to this this funeral and, you know, the homily sounded so canned, you know. Right. <laughs> it sounded yeah. like you didn't even know the guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I thought to myself, okay, note to self: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: <laughs> make sure that make sure that you you know something of the people that you're speaking to, mm-hmm. that you can imagine, or even know definitely, you know what what they're struggling with, and 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 bring them
1: mm-hmm.
0: something from God that that will really be applicable to their lives. Mm-hmm. In the concrete
1: one of the things I think is a deficiency in a lot of uh, teaching of preaching is uh, the se- seemingly lack of any experience in formal rhetoric hmm you know and rhetoric is the art of persuasion right. you know it's it's up there with logic and so forth that's definitely preparatory but it is the kind of thing that makes for memorable statements you mm-hmm. know especially if you're at the end you're trying to hammer something home you know mm-hmm. Uh, you think of some of the great uses of say uh ciceros ancient convention of the triple hammer blow like right. winston churchill we shall fight them on the beaches we shall fight them um we shall fight them in the countryside what I can't remember the exact quote. <laughs> you know, I know it wasn't it's very perfect englishman so. <laughs> no I'm just kidding but you know the triple you know you hit him three times right right you know right. and that that often won't bring it home right. you know um, our lives, our liberty, and our sacred
0: honor—something
1: mm-hmm. like that—that mm-hmm. right. that would be an example of the the triple hammer blow. Mm-hmm. But those are useful for helping people remember, right? You know, right. life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I mean, th- I mean, one of the things about whatever you want to say about the founding fathers—they had training in these things, in mm-hmm. in these arts of persuasion, and mm-hmm. we could use, uh, I think, a little more of that in our training of seminarians,
0: right? yeah just basic basic ways to to help someone remember something um, I find it's often helpful to use to use an image or you know an analogy that will, will help people mm-hmm. Christ did that himself yeah. in the parable something that would stick in their mind something that they're familiar mm-hmm. with but something that would also carry with it you know his message collecting of, stories of,
1: I find is a useful way of doing it and then polishing the story mm-hmm. You know, because uh, sometimes these stories have multiple uses, mm-hmm. so you can use them in in several contexts. And at least where I'm going around, you know, I'm usually working with a different congregation every week. So, right. You know, so, but as right. oh, Jordan S. Saxon, he says uh, about sermons in general that a wine worth tasting is worth tasting twice. Right. Sure, sure.
0: Yeah, I noticed that I don't normally, I know you do, Father, uh, you preach some longer, you know, right. for the parish mission, you might be preaching for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 45 40, minutes, 50, yeah, 50 40, 50 minutes, fifty minutes. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, I, whenever I've heard a talk that long, which I don't usually do, I know that a lot of it has to be stories mm-hmm. and examples. You can't mm-hmm. just give, you know, an outline for 50 minutes. Right. You have to fill that outline mm-hmm. with examples that people will... Mm-hmm you know, they'll lean forward in their chair, you know, literally, but, but also mentally to really mm-hmm. want to listen to. Uh, and, th- and there are, th- there's parts of rhetoric that that just naturally make us want to pay attention, that create suspense, mm-hmm. you know, that, that create a concrete image in our mind that start to put a puzzle together and we're we waiting to hear what the last piece is going to be. Right. And it keeps our attention. Mm-hmm. So are there ways you try to do that in your own uh, parish missions. Well, I'd say
1: so. Uh, but even in, in the in the uh, yes, I would say yes, definitely. I mean, stories are a very good way of of, of um, communicating uh, a truth. The, one of the things I found very useful for people is to uh, to fill out the background. Sometimes this is historical work mm. and ar- even archaeological work. You know, mm. one of the importance, I think. Um, is to present jesus as he is received by his own people and even the pagans in the first century mm-hmm. you know so part of that would be what, what kinds of things are going on i mean for instance there's a very interesting connections between um the stories of jesus and old testament readings uh, the cele- jesus for instance john's gospel goes up to the various feasts Mm-hmm. There's one water libation in Judaism, which is at the Feast of Taber- uh, Tabernacles, I believe, where you pour you know bring water from the pool of Siloam. The high priest pours it on the on the altar sacrifice. But Jesus talks about you know it's at that one he talks about you know anyone who wishes come to me. I have living water to give. Mm-hmm. You know so there's right. all this these connections that are actually in okay. the scriptures sown in the background of jesus life that the first century takes for granted that you know mm. and we don't so right. including a little bit of that that becomes a story right mini story and right. it, it's memorable but it requires uh, scholarship on the part of the preacher
0: right so today we've been talking about bad preaching and how to turn it into good preaching we've sp- spoken about Um, the study and preparation that's necessary, the intellectual work that goes into it, but also that it has to come from the heart and it has to come from our prayer and communion with the heart of Christ. Thank you for joining us today for the Dominican Dimensions. My name is Father Stephen Alcott and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. I've been joined in the studio today by Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. Let's end now in our prayer to St. Dominic. O light of the Church, teacher teacher of truth, rose of patience, ivory of of chastity, chastity, freely have poured forth the waters of wisdom, preacher of grace, unite us with the blessed. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com.